Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com. In the beautiful Northwoods of Wisconsin at Silver Birch Ranch. Believe it or not, that's like the third time I did that because I forgot to allow Dave to he say forgets, that. I'm the dot-com guy. He, he's the dot-com guy, and so that's why I was laughing at the Because I'm so hep. I'm, I'm 63 and I'm hep. That's I got right. a dot-com. And for those of you from my generation or younger, hep is an old term for hip. Yeah, well, it means AKA the same cool. thing. So why did AKA you, the bees? Let knees. me ask you: Why did you have to change a perfectly good phrase? Because it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. It's just they say hep, so we say hip. Who's they? You. Oh, okay. No, you say hep, and we say well, we don't See, really. Say it hip is confusing anymore. already. It is already confusing. I get with it. So, but we have a special guest on with us today, Zach is with us zach ellis and he grew up here at silver birch ranch his dad is the executive director here at silver birch ranch he's what some would affectionately call a camp brat is that right camp brat camp kid yeah there's a lot of different times we've been around for a while that's right that's Mm -hmm. right so what are you doing now zach in life doing um well mostly just making it day by day uh things seem to change often uh schedules and and directions in life but i work as a photographer videographer uh, amongst other media-related things, yeah. So how do you get to be a photographer in a day and age when everybody's a photographer? I mean, what what is the difference between Zach Ellis in photography and Dave Wager with his iPhone? Uh, I charge more. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Okay, everybody Touché. go to Zach, please. That's I'll right. do it for free. <laughs> it's a good question because now the phones that they're coming out with, it's like the joke is that the back of the new iPhone is going to have like 37 lenses on it because everybody is a photographer. But I think at least one difference might be, well, the quality of the image itself, but probably the time that goes into the the image, right? If it's supposed to be encapsulating somebody's season of life or telling a, a certain story, uh, there can be a lot of effort and time and, and uh, an intention put into that. And the product can be and should be entirely different than what an iPhone can produce. But we do all have a lot of photos in our lives nowadays. Is it true? Do we do. I, do people actually evaluate? Now, do you, when you look at a photo, do you evaluate its content by how it's taken or do you just look at it and go, cool? Uh, I mean, I would do both. Like there's, I think I look at some photos almost like the way you can let your eyes go slack a little bit where things are out of focus. Like to look at a photo that way and just see the color, just see like generally does it grab you or not. And then after that, all the details of how they lit something, where the shadow falls, what items were placed in it. All of that is important to, well, if it does something to you, if it tells you something that the photographer didn't even need to say with words, and that's pretty special. Yeah. You know what I'm noticing lately? Tell me if I'm right on this because you two guys, how, how old are you, by the way? 29. 29. 29. And you? I'm 34. 34. So yeah. I'm 63, and that's why we call this younger, older. Um, I'm wondering, I've seen a trend lately that people take pictures, print them out, and then laminate them, and they look glossy. Mm-hmm. Is, is that that's happening? a trend? Oh, or yeah. is that just a trend with no, your no, generation? No, 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 no. I have seen it down in Chicago while I'm there. Like, everybody has these in their house. They'll, they'll laminate pictures. They're buying laminators, and they're laminating them. And, hmm. uh, and, and We're not talking about Polaroids. No, we're not. We're talking about just print them off your stuff and then laminate them. And, and then let them sit around? Yeah, yeah, they probably throw them out after a while and do it again. So it, it just seems kind of interesting because to me as an old guy, it looks like a new way to make glossy prints. Right, the old way. Well, there is. <laughs> the way it sounds to me is like your generation came up with a different idea. No, right. <laughs> you could just go to Walmart and then it's do not like. Just my generation, though. 
Um, uh, I'm, I'm, when I was down for Thanksgiving in Chicago, wherever I was going, I was seeing these. Mm-hmm. So I just found it interesting uh, that that is going on. I wondered from photography if that's a trend you're seeing. It, not that it matters. Well, there's other trends in photography, like the younger, I guess, generation. A lot of kids now that are in high school all the way up through their early to mid-20s are doing film. So they're right. getting back into analog, old school. And I would guess at least partially that's a response to the digital world, right? Being able to take a million photos and not care versus I have 12 on this roll. It's going to cost me $10 to develop it. So each one has to matter. And so it kind of, that I think that might be what is a part of it, at least whether it's laminating a photo or taking it on film is it's eliminating the opportunity to do too much. It's limiting how much, uh, up, yeah, how many options you have. Right. I remember when one hour, one hour photo became a thing. That was cool. Yeah, it was. And then you'd always get double prints. I remember when the Polaroid camera came out. I don't. And you I remember using it. And Polaroid. it would spit out a, a, you know, this little thing with a white bottom on it. And you go, cool. Look at right in front of you. It turned into a picture. And then mm-hmm. for some reason, everybody shook it as if that would help. Yeah, I know. That, that, <laughs> that, that didn't help at all. It was all. hot. It's too hot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure those cameras, now you look at them, it's just kind of like. Well, you, now they're selling like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. Polaroid for, cameras? Oh, they're coming back. And not only that, they're so dang expensive. Yeah. You know what? I, as an old guy, I'm thinking, didn't we go buy all this stuff already? I mean, didn't we pass it by like on the highway and say goodbye mm-hmm. to it? Mm-hmm. The, same with a, like a record player. People are using record players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Why? Apparently the audio is better. I don't have an ear for that stuff in that way, yeah, but whatever. Yeah, it's warmer. Everybody says that's the word, warmer. Warmer. It's always better if it's warmer. Yeah, well. Like I, coffee, nutty and bold. It's yeah. going to be good if it's nutty and bold. <laughs> well, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, right? Yeah, but we're using it, right? Yeah, no, it's I'm not warm using tone. it. You're using it. <laughs> that's right. You're not hep to it, Dave. I, I, that's I right. either like my coffee or I don't, and I can't even tell you why. It's like, this is good coffee. Like, there's a certain coffee I buy at Ikea. And after I assemble it. At Ikea? At Ikea. And after I assemble the coffee, I can drink it. <laughs> and uh, no, it's, it's not that bad. But it does, it, does, it does come in a brick. And Swedes like their coffee. And it's really my favorite coffee. I mean, it's absolutely delicious. I don't know if it's nutty, though. I, I don't know what that means. I, I drink coffee to have coffee, not nuts. Right. So I'm not I'm not sure what nutty means. You gotta take it up with Folgers. They've been doing that for a long time. It's nutty. True. Well it's also old. we're also Dave we're talking about who's Swedish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean he couldn't tell a difference between a nut and a piece of bark. I couldn't. So. And, well here's here's a problem. <laughs> no offense to the Swedes out here's there. Here's a once problem. Again. Both of you guys are, are are obviously a different generation and you see things differently than I do, which I think brings life to life. I mean th- that's fun when you meet somebody who sees it different and you go, Wow, I never saw that before. That's a good thing. I think one of the negatives in life is when someone your generation dismisses someone older or someone older dismisses somebody younger and say, no, I know how this goes. Now, you really don't. I mean, there's a reason people see things the way they do. Maybe they don't see it right all the time, but there's a reason they see it. Uh, for example, food. You know, Jason, you, you're, you like baking things. Yes. And uh, you're, you have an exquisite taste. I mean, you, you like the uh, cream brulee stuff. And uh, when it sounds French, that's yeah, when you know it's yeah, extra. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, he likes the way Especially I pronounce when that you too. Pronounce it correctly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but here, here's the point. I, for me, every food I've ever tasted, I've liked. Every single food. I have never tasted a food I haven't liked. The question is, have you ever tasted anything? Then I. That's the question. Right. So when somebody's really particular on how things taste. 
I don't understand that. And so I would bake a really bad baker or cook because regardless of what you put together, I'm going, that's good. Hmm. So I would nev- that would never be my job. Didn't you bake a bad cake one time? Um, I, might, I might have. <laughs> in actuality, though, in my defense, <laughs> in, my, in my defense, yeah. that was a cake that was baked for children for a contest. It was the first time I ever baked a cake. And uh, I used two cans of frosting to hold it together. Oh, no. (laughs) Because it kept falling apart. Uh, You know, we could post that video if people want to see it. Yeah, we should. Um, Linda was my wife. She was so intrigued by it. She took a video of it eventually because she thought it was the dumbest thing she ever saw in her life as I'm making this cake. It ended up being a resurrection cake. Mm. Uh, I had a tomb in it and everything. The tomb was empty and, you know, the whole works. By the time I was done, this cake had a story. And... The, the cake itself was absolutely delicious. The to cake, you. The cake or the frosting? Well, well we got to clarify. All to right, you. All right. the fro- was there any cake the left? Frosting. <laughs> <laughs> the, the frosting was delicious. <laughs> the two pounds of frosting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and that was the right comment, though, Zach, to me. So, so you're an artist, in a way. Pick, you do photos. Yeah. That, to me, that would be artistic. Mm-hmm. See, when I look at photos, same thing. It's like, it's a photo. I'm sure there's quality differences that mm-hmm. I'm missing. Mm-hmm. So in, in ways, now m- my life is, the favorite thing I like to do is think things through. Not I'm not artist visually. I'm not, I, I, I kind of like to think I'm a thought artist, not a painting artist, not a picture artist, mm-hmm. but a thought artist. And that's what I like doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I hear somebody talk immediately, I go, that's bad thought. Mm-hmm. You know I mean? I don't, you take it for what it's worth, but my brain, half the time, I'm quiet because I realize you can't tell people that's a bad thought. Right. Because it goes way back in history. I'd have to go and say, here's how it became a bad thought, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, kind of thing. Sort of like, let, let's talk about, um, there's that, that little girl from Sweden who's, who's running around telling us about climate control, mm-hmm. stuff like that, or yeah. climate change or whatever. Greta von Thunberg. Yeah. Now, um, so do you think climate change is real? Real, well, what do we mean real? <laughs> I, well, You're speaking Dave's language this is now. This is, a scary, yeah. this is a scary world well, we're living in here, but <laughs> what is real and not well, real? I, okay, I have this, this phrase in my head Touché. that, okay, this person has pamphlet knowledge. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, they read something online, that's where they get their information. It's kind of like you're talking to somebody about um, um, essential oils. Right. I'm not against essential oils. I actually use some. Mm-hmm. However, I think there's more knowledge available than what you read on somebody's Facebook, you know, as far as what you should do. Right, as far beyond as the, the fundamentals. So, so right. one is a pamphlet knowledge, mm-hmm. and then there's a knowledge. Like you go to a doctor, you talk to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use their education to evaluate something. Um, doctors must get driven crazy because people come to them with solutions already that they read online from this guy somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've asked my doctor that. He says, yes, I wish people would talk to me and not the internet, you know, right. because I, I went to school all these years to learn this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course they're different. That way they call it practice. But likewise, I think in, in the global warming thing, you know, um, it, there's climate change going on. Right. I think anyone who says there isn't is not right. Right. Only because of the fact that you can go outside and see it, mm-hmm. you know. So, so definitely climate change. Here's my question to you too: Is that any different than any other time in history? 
Well, and I, I think that is the, the right question to ask, right? It's the definition of terms thing, because we can say climate change right on a micro or a macro level. If it's raining today, that was climate change from yesterday if it was dry, right? right? But on a macro level, I think when, we, when we're hearing anything in the media, at least hopefully about climate change, it would be referring to macro level changes that would be abnormal to a specific area's climate. So if the rainforest is all of a sudden not receiving uh, the rain that it normally receives and forests are dying off or animal species are going away, then that becomes a problem much bigger than we realize, even though maybe the, the larger outcomes aren't seen right away. It's like, yes, you're getting older and your body might be breaking down slowly over time, but you're not necessarily feeling the full impact of it on a day-to-day basis. So, but, but as I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking, okay, so climate change, we hear a lot about it, but it's always been happening. I mean, you go back, what do you think the headlines would have been during the Ice Age? Right. I mean, it would have been at that time, well, I guess I don't know enough about the Ice Age specifically as to what it was that was presumed to have caused it, how long it lasted, and, and is this... Are Not we, enough carbon dioxide. And so, like, <laughs> I <Obviously>. guess... <laughs> well, and it brings up another important point that things like the Ice Age or even so many of the other, where we come from, where we're going, uh, historically speaking, like those references are often, they're made often, but I am also often in the dark as to what they specifically mean. Sure. Right. Right. So a lot of times it's just thrown out there like, hey, we all know what we're talking about here. And I, I, I would guess that most of the time that isn't the case. Right. I mean, so when you hear the Ice Age, Jay, does that strike, like, does that mean something specific to you? Uh, it was just a period in, t- in time in history where the earth would generate cooler mm-hmm. is, what it, is what I strike to. You know, but I think, I think you're bringing up a good point. And this is something that we talk about a lot in the show is, is we all use words and the words that you're saying might be the same words that we're saying, but they have different meanings. Right. You know, and so for me, you know, my theology drives the way that I see the world. And so the way that I read scripture drives the way that I even see what's going on now. So I would believe that, that the earth is only 7,500 years old. And so when you're thinking about a macro level, you know, to talk about things going extinct because of the way that the climate is changing, to say that that's abnormal... I don't know if that's abnormal because the earth has been only around for 7,500 years. I know that the dinosaurs went extinct. Was that abnormal? I don't know. It could just be the way that the earth was changing in the time that it's been around because God created, in my, in my mindset, from my theology, God created the world, the earth as a mature thing right from the start. You know, And so as it goes on, it could just be the world changing. Also knowing that based on my theology that things are going to happen within the world in a physical sense before Jesus returns. Right. You know, and so taking all that and to say, to say, you know, to look outside and say, you know, is temperature changing? Well, yes, but on a macular level, I can't say that it's any different than the way that God is intending it to be. Mm -hmm. And the Bible tells us that the world will wear out like a garment. Right. So it tells us that. So I guess it's going to wear out. Right. right. I guess the really the important question for in, in all of that then is if it's going to wear out or how much we are a part of the wearing out of that garment. Oh, I agree. Right? Because if Absolutely. we're so and that brings to, to go back to the creation story to however old the earth is or um, how specifically it came into being any of those details like the, very shortly thereafter from the creation story, we're talking about what world was given over to man, to Adam and Eve, and then they were given it as stewards, right? With right. with now knowing full well that it's going to be a lot of work, it's not going to be a walk in the park, but it is your mandate to take care of this thing, right? 
right? The garden seems to be both literally and figuratively the, the representation of potential, right? Chaotic potential. A garden can be extremely messy and tangled and so much growth happening, or it can be attended to, stewarded, and turned into something ordered and useful, right? That's kind of, that seems to be like the, the whole thing that God gave over at the beginning and seems to be the case now is, here's a messy thing, it's not perfect, and by no means can you make it perfect, but you have all sorts of potential because you are created in my image. So you have that potential to to steward, to cultivate, to make something out of, of, of what wouldn't otherwise be there. Yeah. Well, let's look at the logical side for a second, though. If you use right. something, doesn't it wear out even if you're a good steward of it? Well, I guess there's some things that are self-perpetuating if used correctly, right? So like a field, the soil, it is giving back to itself if stewarded properly, if left fallow every seven years, if you've rotating crops, if you're not putting chemicals onto it that are not necessary. I mean, there's all sorts of things I think that we are either unaware of um, uh, in in terms of human behavior, or it's way easier to turn a blind eye in the same way that we were talking about where we, you know, you get coffee from. Well, is that coffee coming from one of the farms in Africa that did off-label use of chemicals and pesticides that are already known to not be helpful? They are bad for humans and they don't kill the bugs anymore. It's like an antibiotic. They've built up an immunity. But not only did these places use those things, but they use them off-label. So too much. They killed the topsoil, and now they have to pay droves, thousands of people to go out and hand-pollinate their coffee plants because all of the pollinators are gone. Right. And, and the soil is cooked, and that wasn't, it didn't need to be that way. And, so. and, and I'm sure there's places that grow coffee just fine. Right, right, right. And, and there's places that don't. It's kind of like, do you like that shirt you're wearing right now? Right, and where did where what where did the material come from? Well, where was it grown? Where was it processed and, and made? If you like it, mm-hmm. would you not wear it so it wouldn't wear out? If I like it, would I? Well, right. would you just hang it in a closet? I like that shirt too much to wear. Right. Yeah, I think uh, maybe there is a, maybe maybe there is a differentiation then between some of the things that God put into place that are self perpetuating yeah. that take care of themselves, and then the things that we need of the land to survive right. it. Right. Yeah, because I think in in my mind, it's like, you know what? God knows. I mean, like Jason was talking about, he knows he created the world. Yeah. And then he, he says, it's going to last this long. Right. So that's all I got to have it last till, mm-hmm. however long that is. It could be another two billion years for all I know. I, right. I, don't, I don't know. It could be five years. You know, yeah, but we don't know. No. So I don't know what the ending result is. I right. just know this, that, of course, my wife would laugh at this, but I wear clothes till they wear out. I mean, I'm one of those weird guys that I don't change styles. I'm like, I'm still wearing jeans. I wore jeans when I was 10 years old. You know what I mean? Not the same jeans, but mm-hmm. the style. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, I'll wear those jeans till they just don't work anymore. Right. However, well, it's not, I'm not saving them. Right. I'm using them. And wearing them out is like normal part of it. And then, you, of course, and where it falls apart is I get to go buy new ones. But you can't mm-hmm. go buy a new earth. But, but at the same point, it makes sense to me that the earth's wearing out. Well, the whole thing seems to be, it's, it's, if you put it on a scale, right, even if you take the example of clothes, we're sitting on a scale between form and function, right? The, right. the, the clothing are supposed to be, they cover you up, they keep you warm, they do what they're supposed to do. But you can have that function with all different forms. And in the same way, I think, I'll bring it all the way back to climate change, to the reason why we're here, where we're going, and how we might tend to or steward the world has everything to do with function and form. The function, we're not exactly sure of all the time. We have a lot of the holes filled in, but there is a part of us, even within the Christian world, that says, 
okay, we're here. We're not exactly sure for how much longer. We're still making babies so that the world hopefully isn't going to be garbage for them. And in the meantime, there's a whole lot of forms in which to do the function of life, right? If we're going to live, we're going to wear clothes, we're going to eat, we're going to travel, we're going to do stuff. That can be done in very basic, very frugal, maybe very stewarding kind of ways, or it can be done extravagantly and in excess. And that all of a sudden gets into the whole other side of life, right? What is the reason why we're here and how are we contending with life itself? If you could buy 70 shirts and look fabulous doing it, if you're feeling a little insecure about your life, right? The shirt might help boost you a little bit at the cost of the environment maybe, but uh, but that's well that's where it gets to the individual. Everybody is in the midst of that struggle every day, all day. Mm-hmm. Well, let, let's get back to Greta because that's how it started. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're still with her, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I here's here's my again my thought process. Uh, Greta seems like a nice kid. I mean, got no problem there. I'm an old teacher. I like children. I like when they speak up. This is good because they tell you what they're thinking, so you can talk to them. The the thing that bothers me is the educational aspect of all this. It, it, She's talking about things, and what's happening is she's becoming an emotional feeling appeal to something rather than an educational appeal in many respects. And that's what bothers me. Now, I just don't think that the other side, it's really hard to go on the other side of Greta because it looks like you're slamming a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, no, I disagree with her. Well, okay. But she's such a nice child. I understand that. And if I had a, a girl that age and she was saying, I'm really concerned about this, I would let her be concerned. I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. But to put her in front of the United Nations and, and talk about her feelings and emotions, that's where I start having a problem with it. Mm-hmm. And then people using her for their own agenda, mm-hmm. whether using her for their, their belief in global warming or whatever, or using her uh, to say uh, she doesn't know what she's talking about, and you know, et cetera. Children shouldn't be used that way. Mm-hmm. They're children, and they, they need to be children. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fine that a child is concerned with the future. I, th- I think it's fine that they think, I need to. You know, if she came to the United Nations and said, I'm young, I would like the planet to be here when I'm old, I would say, good for you. You know, I'm, I, I would applaud that. But, but then to go in with uh, the idea, that almost the, the hatred of people and the, the dislike of, okay, stop it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where we stop it because... The, the first of all, there are people that are really good people on both sides of this one. Mm-hmm. And, and none of us are the scientists. Right. Yeah. So I want to land somewhere in the middle and say global change is always happening. And right now there's something going on. And I think, to your point, we need to be good stewards of what we have. Right. Um, but go ahead. And, and, and I would say like, like, and this might be oversimplifying it, but knowing that like, 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 Obviously, our choices have an impact on everything around us, whether it's climate, whether it's the people, whether it's everything, you know, and this side of of the curse, you know, because we're all impacted by the curse of sin. Right. Um, And so that impacts the way that that not only we view everything, but even the way that who we are, you know, even as people like me living, do do I still struggle with sin? Yes. You know, even though I've put my trust and faith in Jesus and I'm a Jesus follower, I still, you know, end up sinning at times. Why? Because I'm not perfect yet. Right. You know, and so knowing that when God created the world, he created perfect. But ever since the curse of sin, it's been impacted. Do we know what that means fully? No. You know, and so it's it's kind of finding that balance of, you know, I need to be a good steward, but realizing that also God is God has put these things to, to use, you know, for us. So as me driving my car bad, I would say no. You know, I mean, we've been doing it for how long? 
you know, and yes, you know, we, we look at recorded history and we see change, but is that any different than the change that is brought on by the curse of sin over the spans of time that God has created? And that's where I don't know. And so I think it's finding a balance, like you said, on both sides of the line saying, all right, can we be responsible, but can we actually measure the change that is happening well, and outside can, of that? And I can, don't know. And can we get real information? Right. I mean, for example, you, let's say driving a car. You say I should drive an electric car. Do we even know what that means in the manufacturing of those batteries? And that, I mean, do we know what we just said? Right. It, it's, it's easy to say, well, if I plug it in, it doesn't have the emissions. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But what did it take to get to where we're at with that car? Right. And does that matter? And I, hopefully I, the assumption is that there are actual answers to those questions, right? And that at least, if I you know, if I could find anything specifically good about what Greta and people like her are doing, is that they I think they are at least trying to ask the questions. And that my, maybe the fault with, with Greta is it seems that she's fallen short. And kind of necessarily, because to your point, Jay, none of the, there's no theology, there's no kind of grounding underneath the claims and the demands that she's making other than as a human without really coming from anywhere specific or without any kind of framework for what we believe i i believe i think she's saying that humans have an inherent right to life being amazing all the time right uh if you could make that happen which i'm not disagreeing i wouldn't mind that either but i think underneath that whole argument that she's making is Everybody is culpable, every individual, right? We're all contributing in some way, and the aggregate of everybody's individual decisions matter, right? One person acting, I guess, if everybody's acting relatively the same across however many people are in America, that's a lot of people doing specific things that might not be great for the environment. But beyond that, we do know that there are huge corporations, and there are people who are specifically vested in themselves, in making more money at whatever cost, and those things seem to be so layered, so politically um, kind of intertwined and twisted together in a way that we know whether we could ever get that information clearly or not. I think everybody in this room and in the world kind of knows at the back of your head that things are not exactly right and that they could be way better than they are if we were to eliminate some of the things that have always been the problem, right? Now we're getting into the spiritual. Yeah, but it, Why do we have greed? Why do we have yeah. the, the drive for power? Why does anybody take advantage of anybody? And so now maybe that would be the extension which of Greta's me, conversation. Which brings me back to the point of Greta. I, I think the thing that bothers me is not Greta. So if you've heard, I don't like Greta, you're wrong. Right. The thing that bothers me is the adults in the educational system using Greta. Right. Yeah. It, it, that's what bothers me. It, mm-hmm. It's like she can have the opinion and she can ha- whatever she wants to have. And, and no one would disagree with half of what she says. Right. However, for somebody to use her to make their point, mm-hmm. that's what bothers me as an old guy. It's like you don't use kids for that. Right. You get up there and you give us the facts, get somebody on the other side to give us their facts and let us decide ourselves what, what, what it is. And, mm-hmm. and that's where we're having trouble. What are the facts? Right. It doesn't need to be on the it doesn't need to be touted out by any kind of celebrity or personality. It could just be and maybe even if it's boring, boring would be nice, I think, in today's yeah. media world. Yeah. Just the straight details and that's about yeah. it. You don't really need anything else beyond that. Right. right. And and that's really what bothers me. So I mean it, it I think we're actually on somewhat the same page as far as you know, whether I'm sure climate's changing. That but I'm I think we need to be responsible. Yeah. I still think we need to heat our houses somehow, you know somehow and in the process yeah you're going to burn some fossil fuels i don't think that takes god by surprise but uh, i know we're going to have to continue this discussion 
on another program. Here. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the time went away very quick on this one. So hopefully you guys were enjoying the conversation. If you missed part of it, I encourage you to head over to relate365.com to download this podcast, re-listen to it, or even to check out some other conversations that we've had along the way. Otherwise, there's other resources you could check out. There are different podcasts, different food for thought. Uh, we always appreciate you guys joining us, hanging out with us. It's something that we that we love doing with you guys. But like I said, we're out of time for today. So thank you for joining us, Zach. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older, and we will see you here next time. Later. <laughs>